Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Moralia Python Radio. Uh, three left for the season. This is number three, and then we're off. And Oh, my God. Honestly, I kind of need yep. a break. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, we, we, we always joke about it when we're on the break of like, what the hell are we going to do with the Tuesdays? But it's like, it's, when, it, when it winds down towards the end of the year, it's like, yeah. all right, it, 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 we, need, we need the time. And it's like, and it's funny because people are always like, uh, ask what we do. And then they're like, oh, I bet you like you rage out and do whatever the hell you can't do in a normal. No, I just relax. <laughs> it's like, I just yes. relax and a lot of times you and I end up having text conversations, which is stupid. <laughs> so I don't, I, I, whatever. <laughs> yeah, we have right. mock shows without you people. So yeah, it's, so I, true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, and and oh man, my life is just like now it's hitting. So for for people that don't know, I I run a, a grocery store and we're building one from the ground up. And you want to talk oh, yeah. about? So now I'm officially in that mode, and it's oh man, it's uh, wait, it's pretty are intense. Gonna open, are they going to open a grocery store right before Christmas? No, no, it's not open. Oh, until thank March God! <laughs> yeah, but we have to hire here, and we're going into sort of stuff that don't matter about reptiles. But just to give you an idea of the scope, we have to hire 400 people. Jesus. Um, yeah. So I'm going to have 400 people underneath me. And it's just like between the show and the job and the snakes and the family. Oh. And uh, See, I don't know how I do it. You know, I'll let you know. I'll let you know right now. If I found out that you were the only one seeing these applications, I would start submitting false applications like just, <laughs> just to ruin you. But, you know, I, I imagine there are you other would. people involved and yeah, there are. I don't want to. Yeah, that's, that's no good. Yeah, I, I can't do that. If it was just you. Oh, God, it's horrible. <sighs> yeah, you don't realize how much work goes into to, to building a retail store. But holy I'm shit, it's a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of work. But uh so yeah, tonight we're talking uh we're going back to our roots. Uh we're going jungle carpet pythons tonight jungle with Scott carpet. Zimmerman. Um thank a lot of people would know what? Uh, thank, thank God, God we're going back to a to a show that like I already have this shit that we're talking about because this has been <laughs> freaking brutal. All right. It's not okay. So our last show was on No, we're not going to get into it right now. Kill it, get let's get other stuff, and then we'll hit it with current events. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we're going to talk with uh, Scott. A lot of people would know Scott as Scott Chaney on uh, Facebook. That's what he goes by. But um, awesome. he pretty much deals with everything uh, yellow and black. So we're going to talk jungles and jungle jags and, uh, you know, some tips for buying, um, you know, jungles. And, uh, you know, I know he does a lot of building of his own racks and stuff. So we're going to talk about that. Um, you know, of course, the housing, keeping, breeding, all that. And he's got some other projects. Uh, I was lurking on his Facebook page and I think he has 
maybe bull snakes. I think he has a Borneo. And uh, I want to say I thought I saw a Walma python, but uh, we'll we'll get into all that. Uh, Yeah, Uh, you know, lineage, all that kind of stuff. He's he's got some awesome jungles and some jungle jags. So uh, look forward to uh, chat with that. Um, I don't know what's going on with you, man. Uh, Hamburg was this weekend on Saturday, and I bummed off of Matt Minitola's table, um, Mm -hmm. which we only had one time where a customer was in front of us and we insulted each other's animals so you know um i called his the i called his the minivan of the python world and uh he said that i actually drive a piece of crap car so i have no idea what i'm talking about so it was one of those things so yeah ah, um, lovely yeah. nothing but love yeah it was great <laughs> see when you're not there it's just war so you know we need the mitigating factor um, i'm the guy that keeps the peace <laughs> apparently so but it was a it was a good show um you know, I, I sold a few animals to make the table, and then I'm still having the struggle of trying to get my table back for February. But I will get it, goddammit. Um, oh, you didn't get it back? See. That's why you went, right? No, they, I know. And they, they're doing the whole, they have to give everybody who's already there a chance to uh, re-up their tables, to which I say, really, even the jewelry guy? And I, I don't, yeah, apparently that's not appreciated. So... Um, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> so it's probably um, why you didn't I get the table. That, out. that is probably it. <laughs> Apparently I need to send somebody nicer to go get my table back for me. So uh, um, I got to do yeah, all your nice work it. for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell were you? <laughs> so um, Working. <laughs> working. <laughs> God damn it. People? Yeah, I know. <laughs> but, uh, but other than that, it was a good show. Um, uh, I got to see Eric Kohler. Uh, Matt Manitola, you know, uh, Jason Balin, Howard Redding. I got to see a bunch of other people who were, you know, fo- uh, former customers or people who've got rogue animals and stuff like that. So it was, a, it was a good time. And I realized that I don't really have that much for me bitching so much about how many babies I have and all sort of stuff. I have enough to fill one tier and that's it. So uh, nice. I'm pretty much at where I exactly expected myself to be at the end of the, uh, the beginning of breeding season. So uh yeah it was a good show and i did make a i, I don't know what happened <laughs> so um <laughs> matt has these gorgeous retics uh that he has just out all day and uh my friend andrew who i've mentioned numerous times he he got one and uh i was being tempted and i'm like no nah, no nah, i don't do retics i don't do retics i don't do retics i've never done retics i've never actually owned a retic and then uh, went back to Andrew's house and we're playing with the retic that he got from Matt. And I'm like, this thing is way too damn cool for me to not. So uh, I now own a retic. <laughs> so um, that <laughs> happened. <awesome. laughs> so I want everybody to go back and listen to the beginning no, of no, last week's no, show. No, no. <laughs> what I predicted. All right. Things happen. And like again, thank God we're doing a jungle show because I got those. I don't have to run out and go buy a bunch. <laughs> Jesus yeah. Christ! It, but it, it, re- there's, it really is the, the bad thing about the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, um, and there's actually something else I wanted to talk about is um, uh, at Hamburg, uh, somebody approached me saying that they had just traded uh, for an animal. 
and uh, they showed me the animal, and they're like, what do you think, you know, I was told it was this, and it was a pretty famous jungle jag that we all kind of know uh, that has now been traded to uh, just some random person who is going to try to sell it for like 300 bucks. So it was really weird to kind of see that animal in person again, let alone, you know, at a dealer table. So, and mm. uh, I don't really want to say who or well, I'm just say it's got a question mark <laughs> on its head. Question mark on its head. Yeah. Now, now if you haven't me. figured that out yet, you fail. All right. Well, anyway, but it was just kind of weird to see that. And it kind of gave me a little, it, I got a little downtrodden about, you know. Oh, uh, I know. Who you're... Yeah. And I'm like, really? I... That guy's here? And, you know, it was just weird. So, hmm. um, you know, it kind of just threw me off a little bit. No, not toddler. There you go. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn autocorrect. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, okay. but other than that, it was a great I show. I didn't know that I was still know. around. Neither did I, which is, again, why I was really? kind of shocked. And I, I had to do a kind of a double take of, you know, because I, I, I didn't believe it was him for the first couple of minutes until I pulled up an old picture. And I'm like, yeah. So he looked okay. Uh, gained a lot more black, but you know, still weird to see yeah. something that was so high up now. Oh my God! Remember that back in the bucks, day, three hundred bucks on a dealer table. I'm like, are you kidding me? So yeah. Wow, on a dealer table at that. Oh yeah, shit. I know. Somebody so it was traded for. I don't even want to say. I'll I'll tell you, but I won't tell the general public. So. You know, I I can. Oh God. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh God. And they brought me over because they know I'm the carpet guy. And he goes, "You think I can get this this for it?" I'm like, "Uh, yeah, okay." <laughs> so now it's like, it, uh, yeah. I mean, dear Lord. Well, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Whew. Um. Alrighty then. <laughs> yeah. Well, other than that, it was a good show. Everybody had a good. Other show. than that, it was a. Great show. Other than that, it was a great show. I've been getting locks from certain pairs this weekend, and now I have to figure out what the hell I'm going to do with a retick. So it's been an eventful weekend. <laughs> Reticks are cool, man. I, I think when you, yeah, when you and um, uh, you and Matt came over, I had my retick out, and I was yeah, I was trying to tempt you then, but it didn't work. I'm pretty sure but, I made fun of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's yeah, you did. That's how it works. It's, yeah, I make fun I of your animals, eaten. and then I go get new ones. <laughs> and there was these, and even even Matt's like, Jesus Christ, you're you're pulling a Burke on me, and I'm like, I didn't. That's a term now. So you know, congratulations. What's a that. Burke? <laughs> What's apparently that we apparently just buy every python you see, but I don't know. So oh, we okay. try to get as many different species. Uh, Christ. Yeah. Well, I got to be honest, man. I'm loving it. I really am. I'm really enjoying uh, my uh, well keeping and, and you know I, I, I we talked about it before the show and it's like I, I told you that this thing isn't I don't want to breed retics uh, and this is going to be like I wanted to have a pet because you know I, even though all my guys downstairs have names and all that crap even though I've raised them all up from little ones it's like everybody down there has to serve a purpose because that's what they're here for. I don't really mm-hmm. have, to have the your mission is to just exist. 
just sit here, just be cool, just kind of do whatever. So, you know, and who doesn't love that quintessential giant ass snake? <laughs> I mean, you know, who doesn't love the pull the big berm or the big retick out? I mean, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is cool. Why not? Yeah, I don't know. That's cool. That's awesome. I yeah. thought you would have got one of them a long time ago, but. Uh... Watch, you're going to sell all your snakes and become a retic breeder. Nothing but retics. Nothing but you're going, be, you're going to be fishing out uh, retics out of eggs. <laughs> you're going to oh, be. Oh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding me? I'm going, to learn, I'm going to learn how to hack up those eggs so quickly. You know, it's going to be great. I'm going to do that to my carpet pythons and be like, what the hell happened? Yeah. Yeah. The beginning so, and the end. Yeah. <laughs> so this was the one that this was the one that Matt produced, what, last year? So they got some uh, yeah. guys, right? Yeah. yeah, they're on medium rats, and he's like, oh, they're in, like, 32-quart bins. I'm like, I was going to stick it in a 41, and, you know, uh, he's like, that's the most space they've ever seen. And I'm like, really? So, you know, and he's like, they're just yearlings. And I'm like, they're, like, four-year-olds. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> – Four-year-old carpets. They're big enough to be Eric's adult males. It's like, that's, you know <laughs> – Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me um... – yeah, I'm just uh, breeding season as a official. Well, I should say I haven't introduced anything yet, but uh, my cool down has begun. I start December 1st. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad I waited because we got even today was a little bit warm. But um, oh, I shipped out animals. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, because it was it was great. But um, I hear Thursday it's supposed to go down like 30, 40 with snow maybe on Friday. So here it comes. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's good for uh, breeding snakes. I took a mm-hmm. picture of the uh, uh, M Pen Coastal Girl uh, the I other day. It. I was just kind of like going through and looking at them, everybody, making sure that they were cool. And uh, oh man, she's so freaking awesome! I hope she produces this year. Uh, Me, that's gonna too. It's <laughs> gonna be my most one of my most anticipated clutches. Um, that's, so. that's one of the ones that you tell me that they're pipping and then you hear a knock on the door. I mean, like that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's one of those, what's that? And I just be like, you know, show me the babies. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, I've, I've, th- those are probably some of my favorite coastals and I do want to see those. Um, so yeah. yeah. I'm imagining they're going to be pretty, pretty nicely striped as well since both yeah. of them are, are got some decent striping on it. But, uh, so awesome. Yeah, we're just waiting for Scott to uh call in. He should be calling in any minute. Cool. Um but uh but yeah. So yeah, I'm enjoying uh what what's going on. Everything seems to be settled in and uh and doing well. And uh, you know, I don't know. Just uh everybody's eating and you know, that's Sabu. Holy shit, that thing I told you. <laughs> I told you <laughs> It's good though because it's uh it's a good feeder. Um, I it didn't waste no time. It just was like yeah, it came out mm-hmm. of the tub and was like okay, it's on. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm they're cool snakes, man. Really, really cool snakes. So, uh yeah, they are and they're gorgeous too. Like those little little orange babies. I can never get enough of them. Um, and uh feisty so uh liasis is always fun um and i'm kind of hoping to have some 
luck with some of my liasses this year, but um, just just give me the olive babies and the and the fuscus babies, and then I'll continue to grind on the max until I die. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm hoping that uh, you know the olives. I'm really like mine are actually starting to put on some size and starting to be mm-hmm. yeah they're they're cool snakes too man holy shit oh, yeah. they're cool snakes so yeah it's just so cool to uh, you know I sound like a broken record but it's just so cool to have like things that you I mean hopefully I will breed them at some point but right now I'm just enjoying keeping them and I don't I don't I haven't really taken out snakes to hold in a long time mm-hmm. but you know those those and the retic and, and a couple berms, except that dwarf berm. Holy shit! Oh my gosh, yeah. that thing is like uh, wants to kill you. Oh, oh thank good. God it's a oh, dwarf. Well, you know, you know this, sh- this thing from this thing from Matt is a dwarf or got some dwarf blood in it. Is it? Nah, that's it's pretty chill, right? It well, well, yeah. So, look, it, the, the one, the one, one Andrew has is pretty chill. I don't, I haven't really handled the one I got. I go get it still. So oh, okay. um, I may regret that decision immediately if it like bites me in the face. So we'll see. No, no, I think they're pretty chill. But the so, female so. that the, 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 uh, I think it's the dam to that clutch. Uh, yeah. Was the one that almost bit yeah, me. Yeah. The one that wrapped you up. Yes. <laughs> yes. And that was but like, she did it know, so chill. Exactly. She did it so calmly. And here's the other thing is that small by retic standpoint is still freaking huge by almost every other snake. Okay. So it's yeah. carpet you know, wise. At what? It's monstrous. Um, 12, 15 feet. 12, maybe? 15 feet. Yeah. I don't know if his girl is quite. Well, yeah, she might be 12 feet. I would imagine Man. she's 12 to 14 feet. I would she's say a so. big girl. So I'd say that her, I'd say that her daughter could probably get somewhere close to that. So that's what I'm in yeah. for. Rabbits, not pigs or goats. I'm okay with that. So <laughs> that's good times. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Yeah. All right, I see we got Scott on the line, so let's get this party started. Uh, Scott, <laughs> welcome to Morelli Python Radio. How you doing, man? Good. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you yeah. fine. <laughs> How are you guys? Yeah, we're doing awesome. all right. It's our normal Tuesday routine. So, um, but Scott, why don't you tell us uh, what got you started in reptiles and what led you to jungle specifically? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the show. Um, I listen a lot. I don't often call in and live, but I uh, I download the podcast a lot and listen to them on I actually on airplanes most of the time when I'm traveling, and I've learned a heck of a lot from your show. So, awesome, thanks. So yeah, I appreciate cool. it, and you know I've I've gotten a lot of out of it. I actually I live in South Dakota, and mm-hmm. it's about a six-hour drive to any civilization, and so I'm kind of in terms of you know pythons a little bit isolated. Um, of course, we have the reptile gardens around, you know, pretty close, but there's not a lot of other, you know, hobbyists around. So it's nice to listen in and hear other people's experiences. Um, yeah, awesome. So in terms of, uh, you know, how I got into uh, jungles and, and reptiles, 
when I was a kid, um, my my dad actually was, you know, really into having lots of different animals. Um, I guess he, he grew up on a farm. I didn't. And he had, you know, lots of, you know, captive wild animals that they would happen to run across on the farm. Like, you know, I guess he had a, a pair of uh, coyotes, actually, they raised and were pretty tame and they kept. (laughs) (laughs) He actually, like, you know, we like to hunt and be around them, but he won't ever shoot a coyote now because, you know, growing up, he's... He's a family pet, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they're they're wily enough, I guess, that, you know, they're they're not really like a house dog, you know, even when Mm -hmm. they're tame. But, uh, you know, they had them outside and they were, you know, relatively tame. But so he kind of, you know, brought that into our house growing up. Um, he's a sort of a, a Ph.D. scientist guy and, you know, been around animals. And so we we growing up, we had a, a lot of different critters in our house. Um, I don't know. We, we had, uh, you know, a lot of different birds. Uh a lot of different types of pigeons and quail and pheasants, and um, we had a parrot. We actually had a, uh, a magpie when I was a kid that Dad caught. It was sick um, when it was a hatchling and brought it home and gave it antibiotics, and, you know, it kind of became a family pet. So, um, so you know, we, you know, my last name Zimmerman are, our friends would always call us the Zimmerman Zoo and, you know, <laughs> come over and look at, you know, whatever critters we had in the house at the time. Um, in terms of reptiles, I think, you know, one of my first experiences growing up is, uh, you know, I went out kind of herding with, with my dad and we we uh, turned over this big, I was about four or five years old, I don't remember exactly, but we turned over this big piece of plywood, and there was a great big bull snake laying under it. And uh, nice. And she was actually—I remember, you know—bull snakes can be a little bit hissy, and especially when you run across them in the wild. And this one was actually pretty, you know, relatively docile and tame. So we brought it, picked it up, and brought it home. And one thing I always remember growing up is, you know, we could have. You know, my mom tolerated a lot of different pets, but mm. she did not did not tolerate snakes. And so, anyway, so that my, we uh, we brought it home, and you know that bull snake was, you know, I was five years old. It was about as long as I was tall at the time. And I remember having standing in the driveway of my house, and my mom pulled up and came home, and I had that bull snake draped around my neck. And, oh, no. <laughs> okay. and I really, you know, I was like five years old, and I really vividly remember her, her driving up in the driveway, looking up and seeing that, and pulling out and driving off and leaving. Um, <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> but, All right. But anyway, so you know, when you're five, you don't really understand the mother-father dynamics as well. But we. We did end up, you know, being allowed to keep it, and mm-hmm. it lived, you know, like in the basement in the very corner as far away as it could get from 
<laughs> everybody in it. Yeah. Yeah, people. <laughs> but, you know, it, I, I, I thought it was, a, you know, a really cool animal. And, you know, I, I've never really been afraid of, of snakes. And, um, you know, I remember Dad catching sparrows and, you know, mice and, you know, whatever, and feeding it growing up and, you know, watching it, you know, sort of hunt. And, you know, it it was really cool. Um, but because of my my mother's kind of fear of of snakes, we we weren't allowed to have a lot of snakes. We, you know, have garter snakes and things like that from time to time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we also had um, my first, you know, real pet of my own was a uh, Tokay gecko. And, you know, I'm not really sure why those make a good pet for kids, but I actually liked it. It was it was it, it was pretty mean, and you know, would give I've a show every time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're big, they're cool, but you know, they're um, pretty defensive when you put your hands in and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and had iguana and box turtles and and you know some other geckos and things. Um, and then I, you know, I kind of grew up and we had, you know, pets my whole life, but went to college and, you know, didn't really ha- have many pets. I, I always had a dog and things, but, um, you know, through college and then, you know, when I went out on my own and started working, I didn't, didn't ever have many, many reptiles or pets. Um, and then I had my first my first son and you know when I was older so there was quite quite a hiatus um mm-hmm. and my my son got you know old enough to where you know when he would see a lizard or a snake or you know something at at, at a pet shop he, he kind of could see that um you know gleam in his eye where mm-hmm. you know that that's you know a cool animal and I want to touch it and hold it and you know, feed it, and, and, you know, that kind of sparked and, you know, renewed my interest in, in, in reptiles, so, so I ended up getting him, you know, a, a golden gecko, and then that turned into a bearded dragon, um, you know, I don't know, I think bearded dragons kind of have a bad, you know, bad rap, but, you know, I actually yeah. think they're really, really cool animals, you know, especially for kids, they're, extremely docile and friendly and, you know, they, you know, at least mine will eat, you know, right out of your hand. And, and, uh, I, I I think, you know, the reason they have a bad rap is more what we've done to them and, you know, through, through, you know, in some cases too much breeding rather than the actual animal. Um, and, you know, that turned in, we ended up, you know, getting, a snake. Uh, I actually, uh, on the way home one day, uh, there was a pretty busy freeway, and mm-hmm. there was an adult bull snake laying right exactly along the center stripe. And it wasn't, you know, if that bull snake had been there much longer, it would have been roadkill. Oh, yeah. It, it would have been, it was busy enough, you know, enough traffic around that I, I don't know. I I just brought it home, and uh, so so I ended up with a few snakes, and then I, I started going. I went to a couple reptile shows, and 
I ended up at a reptile show in on one of my travels in Oklahoma City and mm-hmm. you know, was looking around and it seems like reptile shows are a lot of um uh ball pythons and uh and geckos and looking around and you know, I'd read about carpets and but I never really, you know, got my hands on one and one of these uh I guess what you would call them jobbers. Um Okay. You know, some, and at the time, you know, when you're sort of new, you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you don't really understand the dynamics of flipping and, you know, things like that. You're just kind of looking for, for a cool animal. And and this guy, he had, you know, all pythons, but he had one uh, young uh, coastal python. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was inexpensive and, you know, I took it out and, you know, compared to you know, like a ball python, really, really, really friendly. Not that ball pythons aren't, but the thing that was different is that, you know, it was really inquisitive. It would kind of, you know, they look around and they they flick their tongue and they, you know, their tails, they can kind of grab things with their tails. And, you know, it's not like you're, you know, holding, you know, something that's, you know, limp. Uh, and, I, you know, that's one thing that I really, really – appreciate about the Morelia is, you know, they're, they're active enough so that, you know, when you're holding them and looking at them and, you know, in their cage, they do enough different things. I think, I think that's really, really interesting. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's not just a pet rock. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. More or less. Um, so I ended up buying that and bringing it home. And then, you know, as, as, you know, as I, learned how to take care of it and observed it. And, you know, I, I thought, well, you know, this is, this is pretty cool. And so then, you know, I started looking around, um, you know, you can't just have one snake and looking at, around at, you know, other types of Moralia and, you know, mm-hmm. you see, see the jungle pythons and, you know, they're to me, uh, you know, bright yellow and black and, you know, either striped or spotted or, you know, whatever it is, I, you know, I just, you know, the looks and, you know, mm-hmm. the size and, and everything just, you know, really appealed to me. So, um, I, that's awesome. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I, I, uh, ended up getting actually my first jungle python from Will Bird and it was this, you know, like, um, highlighter uh, uh, type jungle with you know spots and just mm-hmm. insane tipping and and it was when I bought it it was about a year and a half old so it was you know really nice yellow when I got it and you know you hold it and it was friendly and you know that's that's when I knew that I had to buy every single jungle python that I ever saw. But um, <laughs> that's the way to start it, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, from there it was kind of became, you know, an obsession, I guess. Awesome. So what are you currently working with? What's the size of the collection? Uh what you know, I got I I haven't been you know, compared to some of your guests into reptiles and breeding nearly mm-hmm. as long as, as a lot of them, I'm pretty new, but I, I kind of, you know, maybe went overboard 
and mm-hmm. you know acquired a, lo- a lot of animals relatively quickly. And I, you know, I everyone asks like how many snakes I have, and you know, it's not like I keep it on a spreadsheet and count. And then, right, <laughs> you know, it's it's and. You know, when you tell someone who doesn't have snakes how many snakes you have, they mm-hmm. they don't really understand. <laughs> but no, no, I, they, they, it's always horrifying. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, you have that many snakes in your house, and you know, I yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> but I think I, I at one point I had uh, seventy or seventy-five different critters, um, and you know, last year I kind of thinned down um, mm-hmm. and. You know, really, you know, kind of focused in on one thing, uh, which is, you know, the jungles and, you know, the the best jungles that I, you know, I can get my hands on. So, uh, you know, right now I probably have, I think I have probably about 30 jungles or so, not, not counting counting babies from this year. That's a pretty decent collection. I mean, that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty nice, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Is there I mean, is there a specific lineage look? Uh, is it just a mix of everything? Is it do you, like? Well, I, I mean, I in terms of for in terms of jungles, one thing I like about them is there's a lot of variation uh, between individuals. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, you can have a clutch and have a, a lot of variation in the collection and there's even more variation when you look, you know, between lineages and, you know, pattern types and things like that. Um, I, you know, having that many, I kind of like them all. Like, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, it, <laughs> I can relate. I mean, I, the, the thing I like, you know, it, people, it seems like the, you know, Reduced pattern, you know, straight banded jungles with no tipping, you know, that are, you know, basically um, black, yellow, black, yellow, and then evenly striped are, you know, the most popular. Um, Uh You know, I I really, what really sold me and, you know, why I picked up that little bird jungle is, you know, I kind of like chaos. You know, I, I like, you know, spots and, you know, crazy tipping and, you know, something you look at and it's just like, wow, that's, that pattern's on a snake, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, that's at least to me what, what, what really gets me going. But, you know, I have, I have, you know, banded and a couple zebras and, and, uh, you know, some, a couple striped animals. Uh, so I, you know, I kind of have a, uh, an array of of different patterns, but I, you know, in terms of what really turns me on, I like the chaos and the bright, crazy, you know, looking stuff. Gotcha. Cool. So, here's a before we get into like keeping and all that, I have I, I'm just gonna throw this out and see what your thoughts are. Like when it comes to you know, like I mean, out of the carpets. Obviously, jungles have been the most selectively bred to get these, you know, insane yellow and blacks. Do you think that eventually it'll come to a point where you can't make it any more yellow? Like, you think that it maxes out at some point? Um, I don't know. I, 
I have a lot of different jungles from a lot of different mm-hmm. people. Right. And definitely some some jungles, like that yellow is just special. I mean, you just hold it up and you're just, wow, this thing just glows in my hand. And, it, you know, I, in terms of what I, I want to breed, I, I, I want to breed animals like that. Um, and so I, I don't think, you know, at least right now, you know, everybody has that exactly figured out. You know, not to say there's a lot of really nice, clean, yellow, beautiful animals around, but it's kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, we're 90, 95% there. But, I, I, you know, to me, at least every jungle I get, even if I, you know, think it's going to be a really nice animal, they don't all turn out the same. So I... The question is, I, I don't know. I think what we struggle with, or at least I struggle with, is there's so much variation in the babies is, you know, picking out two animals that will reliably create a certain pattern or a certain, you know, coloration or a clean animal and not have muddy animals and, uh, you know, re- really kind of fine-tuning what's going on in their genes to create those you know, really nice animals that that we all love. So, you know, I I I, I don't know. You know, I, probably a, a question for someone else, but I I don't know. Just because of the variation, it might be to get consistently those really special animals. Um, so it's more about it's more about just being able to produce an entire clutch of. You know, because like there will be standout animals, but just making more within a clutch is is kind of what you're thinking is. Yeah, I, I mean that's you know that's always the sort of the the issue with jungles is you know even if you have a really nice pairing uh, with a clean clean father or sire and a clean dam, you know you might end up with some of the clutch that you know turn out with more dust or, you know, markings and and right. things that people would consider not as desirable. And and so, yeah, I think, you know, long-term, you know, maybe through through selective reading that that could be fine-tuned. Gotcha. So, I mean, there's so many different, you know, projects just within jungle carpets mm-hmm. that, you know, I mean, there's, there's high – black there's high yellow there's banding with you know 60 30 yellow and you know then there's the tipping one you know striped and like you know the busy chaos i've seen spots i've seen you know it's just like there's so many directions that you can go i guess that's what you're talking about with the variability within a clutch and why like it seems like to me in the carpet world that like the jungle you know like that jungle niche of guys which i would consider you one of them is like you, mm-hmm. you, you've you've seen all these different ways to go, and it's sort of like this is you know, <laughs> it seems like to the outsider that you're keeping just all jungle carpets, and but there's so many ways to go within that. I hope I'm saying that right. You know what I mean? Like there's so many different ways of of a selective breeding project that you could go. Sometimes within just one clutch, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I. I agree a hundred percent. Then that's, you know, one thing I like, like about jungles is, is there's, 
you know, so many different patterns and so much in a range of yellows and and you know, a range of different looks, you know, it 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 really gives you a lot of opportunity to to breed different animals together and and then, you know, the interesting thing is even when you 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 think you know, you're breeding for something. You might get the babies and you get babies that don't look anything like what you thought they should. Um, and and so it's, you know, like last year I bred, bred uh, Annie Oakley, uh, who's a highlighter peak cross to, um, it's like a, a Sin City little bird um, sire. And I ended up getting an animal that had... Uh, almost like a 99% stripe all the way up along the back. And mm-hmm. neither of the parents had, you know, I would have, I would have never bet in, you know, a hundred years that I would get an animal like that <laughs> out, of, out, out of that, uh... <laughs> out of that parent. Yeah. And then, so, so, you know, it's, it, 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 I, I think the, you know, even the clutches themselves can be, you know, a surprise as well. I, you know, of course, certain looks are more likely to produce certain looks when you breed them together. But it, you know, nothing's really a sure thing with 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 jungles. Yeah, you know, yeah. like the one look that I really like, and it seems that you know I like the striped, but it seems like the tipping kind of goes hand in hand with the stripe. But there are some guys in Australia, maybe you know, that they seem to have bred that out. And when you see that animal that's like perfectly striped, that's like screaming neon yellow and black, it's like holy shit! That's <laughs> that's my dream jungle, you know. There was there was an animal I you know I don't know if you saw it, but it was but it had stripes a stripe along the dorsal, but then it was completely striped along the sides. Really? Um, and it, yeah, it was. God, I don't remember which group it was in. It was just the craziest looking looking critter, and yeah. you know, I'm not sure if I've seen anything like that anywhere. But uh, uh, I think, you, you know, personally, I think that in the U.S., in terms of stripes, we're we're a little behind. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I wish there were more striped animals around. I, I kind of like the the pattern. Yeah. Yeah, it seems, you know, like it's, oh man, it's, I think it's just visually stunning to see like, like that 60, 30 animal, you know, like perfectly banded. It's just, it does something to your eyes where you're just like, whoa, what the, <laughs> at least for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, that, so yeah, there's the, the banding and then the stripes. So it's, uh, you know, the, the, like the blaze type animal, those are, you know, those are impressive yeah. and, you know they're they're sort of hard to find too. Yeah, I got a I got a male that was like uh, from that clutch that like it's like you're saying like there's there's some jungles and then there's those jungles when you open up the the tub you're like ah and you close it ah mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> like one of them exactly it's <laughs> it's just it's just it's got the mojo you know it's just yeah you know it it's just got it you just you know, those are the animals that, that personally I love. So they're, they're uh, uh, pretty cool. You know, one of the things that we often talk about is the yellow, but my focus with jungles is the black. 
you know, what are your thoughts uh, or do you have any projects where you're trying to refine the black, like that really dark ink, you know, jet black look, I think really makes a jungle pop. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I was sort of trying that a little bit this year. Um, and, you know, I bred two animals with minimal tipping together and the, at least the sire, he has really, you know, mm-hmm. deep, deep blacks and God, I ended up getting a bunch of tipped animals, but <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> there you go. So, you know, you just kind of wave your hands, but 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 you know, I last year I had another, um, uh, you know, I was trying that. I had a a, a dam that had a lot of uh, black and very little yellow. So, uh-huh. um, and, and then uh, a sire that was sort of the same and. Uh, I don't know what happened with her. They, she locked, you know, like 30 or 40 times, and it looked like she ovulated, and then, you know, nothing. And she's kind of, you know, gone downhill, so I don't know if she's, you know, retained or, you know, exactly what happened with her. She never laid, um, uh, but she never looked like she was going to lay after that, so... She's got, and it's sort of the year before she, I, I tried to breed her, and it was, you know, sort of the same thing where she, it looked like she ovulated and then nothing. Um, so I, you know, I, I don't really want to try and breed her again. And you know, she's 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 eating and she looks healthy, but it's just you can tell she's just kind of on the skinny side and not. So I, you know, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll ever try and breed her again, but. You know, I think that that black, like what you're trying to do, is I, if you can get the black right, and then the yellow right, you know, those snakes are just, you know, just crazy. It's I hard to really beat, like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to beat. You do, do, do you have an animal from from David? Then is that if I remember right, or uh, Hastings? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I, I have. Uh, yeah, that's what, actually 2.2 from him. I have uh, something from his uh, highlighter stuff and then uh, Turner stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's he uh, has some nice animals, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He, uh, he does make some nice jungles. And, you know, it's – I think I, – well, okay, for, for people that are maybe just getting into jungles that are listening to the show, you know, like how important is that lineage – what what do you what do you look for in a jungle when you're going out to you know to buy one or add it to the collection? What do you, what would be your recommendations and you know to pick out well, I, that trophy animal? I, I think in terms of what you like, um, some of it is just personal taste. It's sort of like women, I guess. You know, like <laughs> you, you know you you, you just yeah. like a, a certain look and and you know it's. And then, you know, with the lineage, I think, you know, I think there's a range of opinions about how important lineage is um, mm-hmm. when, when, you, when you buy. And, and so, I, you know, I hate to make a value judgment on, you know, whether, you sh- whether or not you should get lineage uh, or make that a focus because, you know, that's sort of, you know, one facet of the hobby that, you know, somebody, some people are really into it and some people aren't. And, you know, I can't, you know, I can't really, you know, that's why I should, and that's fun. Right. I should probably 
clarify that a little more. When I say lineage, I'm not necessarily talking about like the pure quote unquote lineage stuff. I'm just talking about like, you know, like it seems like jungle carpet, uh, keepers in particular out of the carpet Python, you know, hobby seem to like name their animals similar to like what you see with chondros. So like, you know, getting a highlighter, Mm -hmm line or like you know turner or you know johnny blaze or you know some of these animals have questionable lineage on whether it's pure jungle but who really gives a shit you know like that kind of deal but it's still a killer animal well well, having you know bought way more jungles than i should have um (laughs) you know (laughs) i can tell you what 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 i look for and yeah you know and for for a new person maybe what what they can look for. Um, I, you know, I have this opinion that because of jungles and, you know, the way they change when they get older, that, um, you know, one of the advantages we have when we're buying jungles as babies is the person selling them may be letting go a trophy animal. And, you know, the jungles can change a lot as they get older and mm-hmm. um, I you know what I've experienced myself is you know babies don't sell as easy because you know they're not bright and black yet right. but uh, my gen- general opinion is if you want to get a trophy animal especially a, a female is you know it's not you don't have you you have a decent shot when you buy a baby um mm. once that you know like especially a female once they turn a year and a half old if they're a trophy animal the the person who raised it is you know maybe less likely to sell it um so you know I, i'm personally myself and i also believe that when you get you know pythons younger like jungles uh, and into your house and into your situation, they, they sort of, you know, I feel like they adapt better. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, long run, you might actually end up with less problems and an easier time, you know, breeding them uh, when they do get old. You know, people people don't want to wait, and it's a long wait. But, you know, I, I think buying babies or, or young animals um, is, is not a bad way to go. Um, I, I'm also having dealt with a lot of different people, you know, mm-hmm. buying from reputable people. I know you harp on this all the time on your show, but I, you know, that's the only way, way to go for me because, right. you know, you can pay, you know, 40 or 50% less from, you know, some job or something, but you, you know, you don't, really know what you're getting or if in some cases you might be getting invertebrates with it or, mm-hmm. you know, other disease problems and stuff. And the other thing is, you know, when you find those reputable breeders, um, you know, usually they're more than happy to help you, you know, when you're trying to take care of these animals and you have questions and, you know, that premium you pay, and like you said a hundred times on your show, is, you know, well <laughs> worth it. <laughs> um, right, right you know. yeah. yeah. Thank God someone's uh, listening. But um, it's the, uh, 
the the other thing is that uh, a few people have told me what they like to do is buy, uh, like say they have a breeder that has a pair of animals that they're really into. They'll pick up uh, 1.1 of the babies with the intention of seeing who turns out the best and then either getting rid of the one that doesn't turn out great or maybe even keeping the pair if they both turn out stellar. But it's almost like they open themselves to the potential of buying multiple animals and selling them as yearlings if they don't kind of fit the project or don't turn out great. Uh, have you heard anything like that when it comes to kind of jungle uh, purchasing? Well, you're talking to a guy who, who's bought a lot in the last, you know, several years. So <laughs> I would yeah. say yes. <laughs> yeah, that's basically, you, yeah. That's, <laughs> you, you know, buying a jungle as a baby is mm-hmm. sort of like buying a, you know, what, what David said, buying that lottery ticket. And, right. you know, some are going to turn out and, you know, some aren't going to look as nice when they get older. So, you know, buying, you know, more with the intention of, of keeping the good ones is, uh, you know, that definitely I I can see that for sure. Okay. Um, uh, you, you know, so so if you're, you know, a new new person looking for mm. for jungles, you know, try and figure out, you know, spend your time doing your research, you know, look at a ton of jungle pictures, um, and sort of figure out what you know, looks appeal to you, you know, it's, you know, and, and figure out what you like and then, and then, you know, start looking for babies. And, you know, the other thing that I've sort of experienced in, in the jungles is, you know, the, the market's good enough that mm. for jungles that if you can, you know, buy, a couple snakes from an established breeder that has really nice stock, um, you know, when you're new. When, next time, you know, when that breeder has, you know, the next year, uh, you know, really nice uh, clutches, uh, some of those, some of the best animals and the best clutches are really hard to get a hold of unless you're sort of, you know, in contact and, you know, and you know those people. Um so right. yes, you know that that's the other advantage of of you know it, uh, but buying from reputable people that produce jungles every year is you know the next year, you know you might might have a chance at you know getting a, you know really nice animal or you know maybe better than you bought the first year where if you wouldn't have done that you you wouldn't have a chance so I, you know like my clutch this year you know the the top five animals were cleaned out before, you know, before I even posted them. So, um, so establishing that rapport with, with breeders, I think, think is, you know, part of the game when, if you're really trying to establish a nice collection. So when, when you look, when you, when you produce a clutch and you're looking at what maybe you might not even want to make available to people, what, what do you look for out of the fresh hatchlings? Um, I, you know, I think jungles are such a, such a lottery ticket. I mean, you kind of, mm-hmm. when they're babies, you kind of have to a lot look at their, their pattern, you know, mm-hmm. and is, is their pattern, you know, something that you like? And so you kind of, 
kind of pick, you know, more or less on uh, on pattern. Um, you know, sometimes you can spot, you know, maybe the cleaner animals uh, when they're, you know, younger, but it's it, that's really kind of kind of taking a chance. Um, I mean, it's still a crap shoot, right? You know, and then, like, last year I, you know, I ended up keeping, like, I think four or five babies till they were a year, and, you know, the animals I picked and would have kept when they were, you know, fresh out of the egg were not the animals that I ended up keeping. Uh, right. So, you know, it's it's kind of when they're, when they're real little, you know, kind of just uh, picking the, you know, because the patterns don't change, the patterns you like, except the tipping, the degree of tipping can change um, uh, a little bit as they get older, but it's sort of selecting by pattern, at least for me. Okay. But the, the so, other... Oh, go ahead, okay. sir. No, 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 it's fine. Keep going. Keep going with your stuff. Uh, you know, the the other thing that I look for if, if I were buying a jungle is, you know, is it a good eater or not? Um, you know, at least in my collection, I'm, I'm trying to keep the animals that are the good starters and the good eaters from the get-go in my collection. Mm-hmm. Um I you know I I don't know if you've talked to other breeders uh, about the issue, but but it seems like certain clutches are more prone to have babies that start out easily than than you know other clutches. And, and uh, you know when 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 I go and breed, I you know I'm busy enough. I don't want to spend my time dealing with babies that don't want to eat. Mm-hmm. So you know I that's one thing for me. That makes sense. My, exper- <clears throat> my experiences yeah. have them as the pickiest of the carpets. I don't know what your guys' take on it is, but in my I experience, I you know I don't have that broad range. Uh, you know I just hatch jungles and jungle jags, so you know I I I, I haven't hatched other other uh, subspecies. You, so have you had any? I mean, so. If you have a picky feeder, do you have any tricks that you use in your toolbox to get them to go? Well, I, you know, one thing about buying from, you know, breeders is they help me a lot. And the method I used is literally called the Chris Rendles is lazy method. Um, (laughs) So basically, (laughs) you know, The, you know, he he was helping me get get my first clutch going, and he, you know, what he said is, you know, you just thaw, thaw, thaw the, you know, I I start with rack kinks if they can, and thaw them, and then uh, put them, you know, when it's dark, they're more likely to be active. Just throw them in and and see if they eat them and leave them alone. Um, I personally, I believe like. If you take a, a rat pink to a baby that's never experienced food before mm-hmm. and, you know, maybe have uh, some of the yolk left and, and you know, maybe they're not real hungry and you wave this big thing that they don't really know what it is in front of their face and that they can get, you know, sort of ingrained into them that, you know, that that creature is, you know, might be something to be afraid of in the future. And you know it's if you, if you're if you have babies and you're waving you know prayer around 
you know, and they 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 won't ever take it. I, you know, I just wonder if you're sort of teaching them that, you know, that's an object that you should avoid. Um, uh, so I don't, you know, I know some people tease feed, and I'm sure sure it works, but I I don't I haven't had a lot of luck, and I haven't really tease fed my babies. Um, uh, but I, you know, I'm sure you guys have an opinion on that. I, you know, I try and you know make it as you know calming experience as they can, and you know sort of let them explore and figure it out without, you know, right chasing them around, chasing them around the chamber with, with the paint. Are you starting right. off live, live feeders? No, no, I, I, I've at least the ones I've had is just frozen and like. The Chris Reynolds is lazy method, and I think I have a, mm-hmm. you know, this this mother is producing babies that do this. But I had 17 jungle babies, and uh-huh. the very first time, the very first time I did that, 15 eight, and wow, you know, I just and the other thing I do is I wait, you know, maybe longer than the normal person was before I introduce feed to them, because um, I believe, you know. They need to be a little bit hungry when they first have an object in front of them that they might consider as food. And so, you know, I, I, this week, this, this year, I think I waited, you know, seven or eight weeks before I tried to feed them. And, you, you know, I put, put the pinks in and, you know, I, almost all of them ate the first time. And then the next time, you know, the, the next couple ate. So, you know, I I can't. My sample size is so small. I can't, you know, claim that that's the method to helping picky jungles. Well, but, no, yeah, it's just what yeah. works for you, though. Yeah. But yeah, it seems seems like it works for me. So. I would uh, I would tend to agree with well, I, I agree with you with uh, the thought that you know them being hungry. Um, they'll pretty much eat whatever. And the reason I say that mm-hmm. is because, you know, a lot of times people will say that jungles or even carpets in general, once they're, you know, on, um, uh, mice that they'll never switch the rats and they're impossible or whatever. But I'll tell you what, you keep those carpets hungry, they'll eat whatever you throw in the, in the, in the cage. Mm-hmm. They, they ain't going to give a shit, you know? So like, because of the way I feed, I never have a problem. I mean, I can switch from a reptilink to a uh, to a rat to a quail to a mouse to a. It doesn't make a difference. They they'll take whatever. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you may, you may be think, onto something there. Yeah, I, I I think you know just you know I don't know it. You know, people assume a snake is just sort of this dumb animal that you know that they're, they're not you know, really capable of learning. But I mean, I, I can't say they're they're Einsteins and they're sitting around con- contemplating the the origin of the universe, but um <laughs> y- y- you know, they they do learn. And you know, they learn they they learn, you know, where to go and where to hide in the cage. Um they learn that when you bring the rat bucket out that's thawed and they can smell it that that's rats and you just see them go crazy and wander around the, their cage and you know they they learn what's food and what's what's you know um uh could be a threat and 
you know, if you ingrain behaviors into, you know, them that, you know, a certain object is a threat, I think, think that, you know, in the future it's hard to teach them that that object is something that they have to eat. So, right. you know, I, I'm sure there's lots of debate and, you know, again, my sample size is small, but, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's at least my, my, my feeling. So. Right. Huh. Interesting. Go ahead, and, and I think oh, I think jungles jungles tend to get stuck on mice or yeah. Got I, I got one that's um, it was on mice and mm-hmm. it was so it was undersized when I got it, um, and so I couldn't get it to eat rats no matter what I did, and so I wanted to get some weight on it, and so I switched it to quail, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually think birds are really good food for carpets. Uh, and yeah. so I got, got this, this critter on quail and he's just, he's thriving and strong and, you know, he's extremely healthy, but, you know, goddamn, I can't get him to eat anything except quail now. Quail, well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and I got, I have a couple mousers that, that, you know, I, I haven't tried real hard to switch them, but. You know, they're. I, I think they'd starve to death before they go near a rat. But I, I and I, you know, having a few other species of or subspecies of Morelia, I, th- I think they're they do get stuck on food maybe a little bit more than, than some others. But okay. Um. So as, while we're talking about baby jungles and stuff like that, uh, how do you set up your babies and? Uh, I guess all the way up to adults. And uh, do you do anything with the little ones to kind of help them maybe be not as nervous in their bins? Um, well, you know, I, I think I've been lucky there, you know, at least mm-hmm. the clutches I've had, God, the babies have been great. Like, you know, you, you hold them and they're, they're just calm. And also, you know, I got a, you got a few in the clutch that are, you'll open and they'll be a little nippy and stuff, but, um, uh, in terms of babies I've hatched, I haven't had a lot of trouble with being nervous. That's not to say that there aren't nervous babies around. I've bought a few of them, but um, at least for me, I haven't. You know, I just put them in a bin with a paper towel and maybe or maybe not a hide. And, you know, it helps to have something they can climb on just because, you know, they like to climb on everything and, mm-hmm. and let them go. And they they seem to do do pretty well. You know, the the one thing with, with jungles, like, you know, maybe Morelia in general, I, I think you got to keep their living quarters sanitary. Um, uh, and so, you know, I'm big on, on regular cleaning and disposable um, water bowls um, and, you know, disposable, you know, I either use paper towels or, you know, craft paper that, that I can just throw out and replace and sanitize the cage, um, you know, whenever there's, there's a mess in there. So, you know, I, mm-hmm. if there's one, one thing with, with babies or, you know, carpets in general, I mean, there's a few things for me that I think being, giving them sanitary quarters with some airflow, um, and the correct temperatures will, you know, more likely ensure they're, they'll get healthy. Um, I mean, and that's, that's one place where, you know, I do have a pretty good sample size is keeping, you know, a large number of jungle type pythons. You know, you might, 
if you keep them one way, you might get a respiratory infection, you know, in 5% of the animals. But if I had an RI in 5% of my animals, I'd always have one. And yeah. so, but where a person where just, they had a few jungles, they, they might not run across it for several years, keeping them a certain way. So, you know, I, I feel like I've, you know, through trial and error and then, you know, Nick Martin actually turned me on to the, the disposable water, water dishes. And, you know, the, David Haston helped me with the, the craft paper. I, you know, I think I've sort of figured out how to, how to keep, keep them really healthy. Okay. So what, uh, so you do the disposable water bowl, high boxes and perches, um, what are your what kind of temps do you keep them at? I you know I, it it varies of course over the year. Um, mm. You know in, in the summer you, you know I try and have just a hot spot of eighty eight to ninety, and then a cool side that you know I I, I try and keep my room generally around eighty. Um, so it might be a little few degrees hotter on the cool side in the summer. Then I might, you know, I, right now I've turned everything down to 85, 86 on the hot side and the room's down to like 77. Um, okay. And then I, I just started cycling. So I actually turned the heat off and they just go down to 77 at night. And, you know, I'll work that down to, you know, at night, maybe, you know, 73, 74. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then, turn their heat on back in the day and then and then you know after you kind of see the breeding activity slow down you know start to to turn the heat back on and leave leave it on and continue that into the summer i got you so um now i know one of the things we definitely want to avoid is uh overweight animals and stuff like that uh what's your feeding regimen when it comes to your little ones and then also your adult animals um, I'm, you know, I, I, what, what I like to do that jungles seem to do okay on, and actually it might be more food than they need. I, I usually feed everybody every 10 to 14 days. Okay. Um, I, you know, if, if, if you came up to me on some day of the week and you asked me the last time I fed my, my jungles, I might not remember uh, just, you know, it's like, and you can kind of tell, you know, right. They, they start to move around their cage more when they're hungry. And, and so I, you know, I, I, I tend to side, you know, towards the 10 to 14 days, at least for me, I, you know, some people feed them every week and I did at first. Um, to me, that just creates more waste that I have to clean more often. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can, you know, I, possibly create overweight animals that, you know, would have mm-hmm. trouble down the road as well. So, I, I'm thinking that people are leaning more towards the 10 to 14 days uh, a lot more and more. And to be honest, it, it you were talking about the Chris Rendell's lazy kind of thing. It, being, being lazy when it comes to feeding your animals to a certain extent can be awesome. So, um, not getting down there every week or, you know, every, every seven days and then having to clean every, uh, probably every seven is what you'd end up doing or something like that. Or every day, depending on how big your collection is, is, uh, pretty awesome. So, um, uh, 
Yeah, that's for sure. I agree. I, you know, and, the, and then the males, like, mm-hmm. if, some people keep their males really small and skinny. I, you know, you know, I, I guess that works. Um, but I, you know, I like to keep my males healthy. So, you know, I might feed the males every, you know, feed them every 10 days and then, you know, wait and feed them 20 days, you know, just, just to keep them, you know, healthy and strong, but not, not, you know, starving skinny, but, gotcha. but I, you, you know, I don't, don't feed, feed the, I don't feed the adult males as often as that usually. Right. So, uh, now, uh, there's a picture that we have here of, uh, I guess it's one of your bin setups with, uh, you got a bunch of PVC perching in there. Um, yeah. and it's really cool. Kind of like a design. Um, uh, do you find that not just babies, not just hatchlings, do you find that most carpets or at least most jungles really benefit from the, uh, the perching? Um, I, so, you know, this is what I believe and and, you know, I know it's based on my experience and I know different people keep jungles different ways and have been successful. But, uh, you know, I believe in having some, in your cage or bin, some vertical height. And, you know, it seems like if you can let them get off the ground, you know, a lot of them will and they'll perch. And, you know, I've had a little more trouble with with keeping animals healthy and, you know, like the the, uh, um, ball python type bin, you know, where Mm -hmm. they don't have as much room and, and so I, you know, I, I think part of it is, you know, when they crap um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the time between they crap and the time they clean, between when you clean it, if, if they can kind of, you know, get away from it and, you know, not be, you know, directly laying in it all the time, I think it might keep them healthier. I don't, I don't necessarily yeah. know if it's because they can perch or if it's just because they, you know, if you give them more space, they're not, you're kind of spreading the the bacteria further, you know, there's, there's a lot of places in the cage that aren't, you know, prone to, but I, you know, I don't know. I, well, what do you think? Well, I mean, obviously if they can get sitting in there, you know, uh, sitting in a, a a tub of, of urates or, you know, shit or something like that probably is not the best, but, so if they can get away from them, it's probably a good uh, a good thing. Um, I just I don't know. I find with uh, more and more that I'm that I'm like messing around with perching and stuff. I, I see carpets um, really going for perching, especially young carpets. So I've noticed that um, sometimes I get a lot better feeding responses from from them that are that are higher up. I don't know if you've experienced that as well. You know, if they can perch, like they're looking down, almost like that chondro uh, pose, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, when you see them hunt, they, they definitely do like to, and they're hungry, perch and, you know, have their head pointed down waiting for for that tasty morsel to cross their path. And, uh, you know, I, I definitely could see that. Uh, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, with the jungles I have, most of them are pretty food aggressive. And, you know, I, 
I think you could put them in a shoebox and open it and they'd eat. Um, and I, <laughs> you know, it's, so it's, uh, uh, you know, it might be a thing where, you know, some of the less aggressive species, they, or subspecies, they, that, that would help as well. But, you know, and I just like seeing them perched, you know, I, if I want an yeah, animal to cool. perch, <laughs> you know, I, it's, it's just fun to watch them climb around and, and you now, know, sit where they can. I'm I'm curious on what made you go with the design that you went with. I posted uh I pulled a picture from your uh from your Facebook page and um you sort of have like uh you know, it's kinda like an H almost. Um but uh you know, most people would just do a perch across the tub. What made you go with doing that that type of design? One one thing I've noticed uh with with you know the Moralia is um, if you give them an opportunity to sort of sit uh, in an area like that's not just a perch, but if you have like a cross mm-hmm. piece and they can kind of lay lay on top of that cross piece, or you know they they can like shelves and things like that, that they tend mm-hmm. to to sort of gravitate towards that. So you know I just I just made it because I. I thought the snakes would would tend to perch on the, the cross piece more, and you know maybe maybe that would help. But uh, you, you know they they will perch on just a perch if if they have it. But they they when they can they like to have you know I think carpets at least you know a little bit more support when they're perching. You know I yeah. could see it. I could see it like with a wild animal. You know they're in a tree and they're kind of perched in the, you know, where the branches spread out, you know, right in the, the palm there. And I, you know, I, I, that's kind of what, you know, I tend to see, but not, not that, you know, a straight perch wouldn't work, but. Right. Cool. So that's, that's kind of, and then, you know, the bin, I wanted a taller bin so they could climb up and perch and have a little more vertical distance there. So is that for like a, a juvenile that that picture like that size tub? Yeah, that size tub. It's like a twenty-two by eighteen. I don't remember the quartz, but it's about thirteen inches high. And mm-hmm. I keep my, you know, like one to two, two and a half year olds in those. Um, okay. And you know they they do do really well on them. Uh, once once they get bigger, you know, I like to move like a four by two cage. Um you know, that's you know I use either fifteen or seventeen inches high and uh well you know with a heat panel. So Yep. Okay. Cool. Alright. So your standard carpet python keeping uh uh regimen. So awesome. Very cool. Yeah, I think so. I you know it works and yeah, <laughs> seem to do pretty well. So, yeah, I, you know, I'm not. If something works for other people, it's it's definitely worth listening to. So, yeah, I think uh, I don't know. The more and more, you know, we do this, I think that there's so many different ways to do things, and you know, we've said it before on the show. Um, but um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on where you're from, and you know can really affect 
how you breed, you know, I mean, right. if you're in a place that gets colder, obviously you're not going to have a, uh, even if you don't, you know, lower your temperatures or cycle your temperatures, your, your, your room is just going to naturally drop down a little bit, even if it's just enough to get them to go, you know, mm-hmm. uh, whereas other places they might find that they have a problem getting it cooler, you know, so they might approach using food cycling or whatever, but I don't know. Talking to different people, yeah. like all these different things work, you know. So. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, the other the other one there is the humidity, um, you know, and that's pretty location specific too. Um, you know, being in South Dakota, we get in the winter we get really dry, and especially mm-hmm. indoors. You know, it's, when it's twenty below outside, you might have a fifteen percent humidity inside. And, you twenty know, below! Think, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's like you, your hands will crack, you know, and you'll you just, I mean, oh, it, wow. I don't, I, I don't think jungles, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think jungles do very well in that type of humidity. No, um, <laughs> no. So, you know, I, I went to like a whole room humidifier. I bought, you know, this great big air care system and I actually plumbed it into my house and, oh, really? you know, the, the float and I just run that all the time and so I can keep my, you know, I try and keep my room humidity between 40 and 50% with that. And, you know, that's, that seems to keep them, the sheds nice and, you know, keep them healthy. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but what I find, oh, and you might see this being out on the North in the Northeast, but what I run into in the winter is like, they seem to get like this white, it's almost like the salt deposit in the water or something. And like, because it's so dry, it just kind of dries on their head. And do you ever mm-hmm. see that Owen? I don't know if you've ever seen that either. Obviously not if you're running a humidifier and stuff. So that's what I started doing. I started running a humidifier in the winter time just to, just to keep like what you're saying, like 50% in the room, because it might go down to 10, 15, 20, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think that that's, I, you know, at least here. But, but in in the Northeast, it's probably, I mean, when it gets cold, the air inside is going to be dry. But you probably, on average, have, you know, pretty good humidity through a lot of the times of the year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, the rest of the year, for me, I I never worry about that. I don't know about you, Owen, but I don't. It just seems like during uh, the winter when it gets really cold and you're running, you're cranking the heat up, you know, it's kind mm-hmm. of my experience. So go ahead, Owen. You want to jump in there? No, no. It's just that like, you know, when it comes to, you were talking about the, uh, uh, the humidity factor, I, it's just one of those things you, I've never had to deal with. I never do anything to uh, my guys or I don't ever run a humidifier, but like for you, it's well, aren't you kind of essential. Special? I am, <laughs> and you write that down. God damn it! So you I just know, did. it's like good. Jesus Christ. Um, so it's just one of those things that you know you kind of got to think about. But uh, I know you already mentioned a little bit of your approach to breeding when it comes to uh, cooling down. Uh, when when do you do introductions? When do you pull anybody? Um, and any tips or tricks about it? Well, not, you know, I'm pretty new at it, um, so I just kind of followed what others do. Um, I, 
you know, I started cooling actually later than, you know, maybe the average person. Like, I just started cycling them yesterday. Um, I, For me, it works a little better if I can get hatchings a little later in the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, I, you know, for me, I, where some people, you know, might start turning off the heat in October, November, I, I wait. Um, uh, and then, you know, I... I usually put the males with the females when I start cycling. You know, one of one of the theories I have that, you know, again may or may not be true, but I, I think sometimes when you don't get pairs that are interested in each other, you know, if they're at least if they're cooled together in the, you know, there there can be some variation in temperature depending on you know where the cage is in the stack, and you know how the you know how the heat's uh, put in the cage, so so I you know I I think you can get some variations in temperature just if you have a male on one side of the room in one cage on a one thermostat and then a female on the other side of the room in one cage and so I you know I I try and put the males together when I start cooling um, and again it's a theory but I you know I, I you know maybe it helps get them sort of on the same synchronization in terms of in terms of temperature, um, but I, you know, maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, and then, you know, when it's time, it, you know, you, you don't usually see locks when you put first put the two together. Um, but you know, mm-hmm. a month or six weeks or two months down the road, if they're not interested in each other, I'll pull the male out, and you know, maybe give them a rest for a few days, and then reintroduce the male, and. You know, I'm sure a lot of people have talked about this, but that that can actually work pretty well. You know, where uh, you know you give them some separation, and because you don't see any action, and then you, you kind of move the male around. Um, and also, you know, I, I, I've with combat, I, I've seen that help a lot too. So yeah, you know, if you, if you put a male in with another male, then that's not interested, they'll. So uh, when you pull the male out, out, the other one will go straight over and start getting interested in the female. So those are sort of my my main tricks. But you know, there might be some some debate there on what's really the most effective thing. No, I think okay. that's pretty much. I do the same. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty much how I figured it, and how we've done it for a very long time. Um, can you? Uh, well, uh, what are some of the pairings you're doing this season? I mean, is there anything that you've been kind of anticipating for a while? Uh, yeah. I mean, I've got last year. I tried to pair. I've got a voltage shade uh, female, uh, kind of a highlighter looking animal. And gosh, she's really nice. She's got that nice bow, beautiful blacks, and and then I, I've uh, got Clyde the Glide, who was the sire of last year's clutch. Um, who's got pretty nice yellow if he's completely clean and, and even better blacks. And neither of them have uh, much tipping. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I'm, I put the two together last year, and it was kind of weird the way, um, uh, way it worked out. But she uh, she produced a clutch, but only two of the nine had veins, and those two mm-hmm. died pretty quick in the incubator. So, um yeah. 
you know, I, I don't know what happened there, but I, I hope I can pull that pairing off. It's to be one of the, you know, better highlighter pairings that's, that's been around. Um, uh, so I'm pretty excited about trying that again. Um, I've got this uh, uh, Lady Gaga, and, you know, I found mm-hmm. with snake names, like, the more ridiculous they sound, the better the snakes like them. <laughs> but uh, uh, she's Adam one of those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, she's a scattershot um, female, um, and nice. she's got really nice yellow black banding, and um, probably one of the better animals from from any of those clutches uh, that I totally kind of got lucky on. But uh, and then I've got this. Uh, Larry Lyon Mutton, Mutton Zebra, um, mm-hmm. Flash Flash Gordon, um, mm-hmm. and 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 he's just in terms of zebras, he's you know one of the better zebras you, you'll find. He's just got this nice kind of yellow with orange hues, and you know a, a little bit reduced, not you know maybe a ton, but and perfectly clean. And uh, so. Awesome. You know, if if I can get those two to go, I, I think those will that'll produce a, you know some some really nice uh, babies. Um, and then I got a couple um, jag things I'm trying uh, some you know ocelot type jags. One of these females is from Curtin, um, uh-huh. and then a, a diamond junk jag pairing that that I'm gonna give a give a try where where the males like a uh, uh, an offspring of Riddler. Um, he stayed clean throughout his life and uh, nice and bright and yellow. Um, he almost looks like a reduced pattern. He doesn't have that typical jag look. He kind of uh, looks like a reduced pattern banded jungle where he's got black bands and then the yellow about 50-50. Um, and then I've got a the, the, the dam is a jungle uh, diamond mix. Uh, just a normal, but uh, I think they could hopefully produce some nice, nice babies. So those are. What is that? The pairing oh, that you have, like on your Facebook? Uh, I don't know, like your 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 head page. You know, it's kind of like uh, you have a a picture of a jungle jag and a jungle, maybe jungle diamond. Yeah. I'm not sure. Is that is that the pairing you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, that's a no. I mean, one of them. That's the ocelot one. So that's mm-hmm. a okay. Uh, supposedly jungle from Will Bird. That's a highlighter, um, and then uh, and then an ocelot jag. Um, and I, I'm really curious to see it. You know, again with the patterns. I think, I think with the jag offspring, the, you know, the outcome of the pattern is actually affected by both. Um, you know, the you know the jag and the non-jag animal. I think think the pattern of the non-jag plays into how the pattern looks of the offspring. So he's got, you know, one of those really um, kind of uh, random patterns with spots. He's not really banded and a lot of tipping. And, you know, if I could get those those two to go, I, you know, I'm really would be excited to see what the offspring look like. Oh, okay. Yeah, that would be. Uh, I don't know that that that. Yeah. That ju- I really like the way that jungle kind of looks. That's kind of in the middle there. That's really a, a really a killer 
killer looking so, animal. Would would you ever kind of play around with the idea? I know you mentioned a lot of diamond jungle stuff. Uh, is there any intrigue to actually get into pure diamonds, or is that too far off the beaten path for you? I actually had a couple like 2012 or 2013 pure diamonds, or mm-hmm. they had Cypress Creek lines, so you know it's not not as quite as much lineage, but they were you know they were definitely looked very high percentage pure they um but uh i i sold them off and part of you know part of the thing for me was just you know i want to keep one room with right you know one temperature set and i I just don't want to deal with with you know having to maintain maintain them differently that makes sense you know and uh it's one of those one of the reasons why i asked it's like uh it would be a complete shift or a whole other undertaking. Yeah, yeah that's, for a sure. whole, <laughs> that's a whole yeah. new, uh, so, new way to so, do so things. I guess Bolins being the other black and yellow snake is kind of off the table as well. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. I think a whole other house. Yeah. 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 I mean, if if I didn't have a real job and just, manage the stuff at home all the time I, I definitely would i think i think dot diamonds are you know really amazing creatures and you know i really like them it's just you know trying to keep you know and then the humidity here is a, a pain in the ass too yeah but, you know right i can't can't keep them as well so so here's a question so where do you think like when you're doing jungle jags do you think that you know when you add that diamond in, what do you think that does to the yellow? Do you, do you, or what do you hope it does to the yellow? Would it, would it be better to go more jungle or jungle diamond or more, you know, diamond, you know, if pure diamond, I guess, if, if you wanted to do that, but like, you know, what are your thoughts on how it plays out and what you've noticed? I know you um, haven't read them, yeah. but. Yeah, I, I, you know, I looked at tons of pictures and tons of pictures of offspring, and you know, people like diamond bringing them to to jags or jungle jags because the the offspring will are more likely to be clean, uh, is the general thought. Um, I, I think you can if you have a pure diamond, you know, maybe they. I'm not to say that the offspring don't look incredible, but. They're, they don't have maybe as as dark of yellow um, if you breed, you know, pure. Uh, I think I think if you can get a little yellow or you know like the diamond crosses um, mm-hmm. that maybe have a little yellow in them, they'll they'll tend to have a little uh, darker yellow in them. Um, and also in terms of pattern, you know, again, it's what you like and what your tastes are. But at, you know, what I'm thinking is looking at a lot of different pictures is when you breed with a with a really high percent diamond or pure um the pattern of the jags will end up you'll end up with a lot more black on the animal and you know maybe not as traditional jagish looking um depending on what the mix is and the parents and everything else but you know i've seen some pairings where someone will want to produce a diamond jungle jag with good good ocelot you know, reduce ocelot markings along the side. And I, I think when you mix in that pure diamond, um, 
just you, you add so so much black to to the mix that you kind of you know if you're doing looking at ocelots you kind of you know disrupt that. Um, but you know that's not to say like there's I, I've I've had a couple just incredible diamond just jungle jags with you know pretty high percent um, uh, diamond in them and they you know. Mm. They, they just they some they are really light yellow, but when you put them in the right light, they just glow and they, they look amazing. So, you know, I, I I sort of feel like it's you know what you're after and you know what you want and 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 you know what your tastes are, I guess. Yeah. Uh, from I know with the addition of you said diamond into the jacket, you get a lot more black. Um, what does uh, what is messing around with zebra in these different kind of jungles and jungle diamond mixings? Like, have you what have you seen from uh, what have you seen some of the things that zebra has done mixed in with this stuff? Um, you know, there's I have mixed feelings about that. I haven't tried it myself or really wanted to. Okay. Um, I, you know, there's some like zebra uh, jags that. God, they just look incredible. They have, you know, really bright yellow and then, you know, uh, a lot of it. And then, you know, a pretty cool pattern. Um, but I, I, I think, like, I think the zebra can have a tendency to, you, you might get dust in some of the offspring. Um, okay. And so, you know, there's a lot of, you know, dusty uh, zebra jags around. And, you know, it's sort of finding that that balance of produce, you know, reliably producing those, those zebra jag offspring that don't, don't have as much dust. You think it's mainly because the zebra is still, I mean, uh, we're, we're getting some good looking zebras now, but I can imagine it's been kind of hard to get there. So, um, they're still fairly new. Yeah. I mean, I think people are still definitely refining it and, you know, some of the zebras tend to, you know, be marked more, but there's, you know, there's a lot of really nice zebras around too, but I, I don't know. That's what, it, there's a lot of, you know, in terms of the zebra jag, a lot of dusty ones. And mm-hmm. So I, you know, and, and I'm not really certain on, you know, how clean the zebra that was introduced was or not in some of those, but. Okay. So uh, aside from jungles, uh, are you working with any other projects? Do you have any other animals? Uh, yeah, I've got uh, a couple, uh, a pair of Stimson pythons from from David. Uh, oh, nice. they're, they're they're pretty fun little critters. They're friendly and active. Um, I've got the one thing I'm pretty excited about. I've got a pair of uh, black tail prebos. Ah, uh, goddamn it! Why does everybody have those things that I want them? <laughs> Crap! Oh, they're all right. They're super awesome critters. I mean, they're just they're a whole different ballgame than, than pythons, but they're, uh, you know, I I got this male and he's about seven foot long, maybe mm-hmm. six and a half, and just just a horse, and he's, you know, just an impressive, you know, fast fast, you know, food aggressive animal. And, but yet when you hold them, they're really wiggly, but they don't, you know, I've never been bit when he doesn't think he's going to eat, so. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're, uh, ha- you know, other than trying to wiggle all the time, they're pretty handleable and, 
And so I, you know, I've got a pair of those, and they're kind of hip breeding age this year. And you know, I, I'd like to give them a try. I don't, I don't know much about breeding them, uh, but that doesn't mean I can't try to do it. Um, uh, and then I have a couple Womas. Uh, okay. I have oh, kind of with my dad. Um, uh, kind of share it, but we have some Eastern Indigos. Uh, oh God, damn it! Those are <laughs> awesome, <laughs> and I want them yeah, more because I can't have them. So, <laughs> oh, are you in one of those states where? They're yeah, not uh, uh-huh. yeah, they're they're the Eastern Indigos are protected in Pennsylvania. Like I'm pretty sure I'm not even allowed to look at it. So, you know, oh, that's gosh. just one of those things, um, <laughs> which sucks. But, um, and again, just make, when, when, when the state government tells you, you can have everything, Owen, but this, get what, like, that's what I want now. Well, like, I, if they had told me I can't have a crocodile, I'd be like, screw you, I'm building a pond in my backyard. But they're like, you can't have the indigos. That's, yeah, Eastern indigos are gorgeous. Yeah, they're, they're cool. They, you know, they, they sort of act a lot like the Kribos, but they're, you know, the black and you know, mm-hmm. the, the, we have a couple red, red throat ones and they're just, they're, I agree. They're super cool animals and it might even be worth moving just so you can get them. <laughs> you can get, I don't know where, I need a, need a friend, a hobby friend out here in South Dakota. Um, <laughs> it, it, it doesn't get below twenty below very often. You know, you're welcome to move out here. <laughs> well, that's the problem though, because you know, you're taught. You said it, but you mentioned them earlier. You're you're near the reptile gardens, and the easiest and fastest way to get me to do anything is tell me that there are rough scale pythons involved, and I will be first in line. So you know, the fact that they're there and Terry's there is dangerous enough as is. And now you're gonna tell me indigos? So this 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 is becoming dangerous. So you know, you might Google Mount Rushmore too. We have that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But um, do you find like do you find like dealing with the big colubrids like uh like the Kribo like the Kribos and the indigos um is it are they is it a completely different monster than dealing with anything smaller colubrid wise, or is it just a, you know a very very big king snake? Well, they're a little bit different in the fact they don't constrict. Okay. Um, and so I, I think their feeding because of that is different a little bit. Um, uh, they sort of like, you know, they're they're kind of blunt force type animals like. They'll just take, chase the food around the cage and keep striking at it until, you know, until they run it down and it gets scared and passes out or something. But, you know, they, they're they really, you know, where, where a python or, you know, a bull snake, like, will chase chase food a little bit. But yeah. they're just, you know, that I, I think in the wild when they get on food, they just, you know, basically run it down and then bludgeon it to death you know, and eat it. Um, and they can't eat quite as big of, of food, you know, maybe as a, mm-hmm. as a call rig because their, their, their jaw doesn't unlatch. So, you know, you, you kind of have to, you know, feed them smaller food and, and, you know, maybe a few more items. Uh, but the, like my big Kribo, you can get, 
get a, a you know good sized large rat, he'll he can eat that without a, without a problem. So, um, so yeah, you know I, the, the, that's probably the main difference. That that God, I really hope you have success with them because I have been dancing around the idea of getting Kribo and it you know the fact that I'm looking for them now is going to be when people I know will produce them and then I'll be really really tempted. So. <laughs> That is so dangerous. Um, but what are your what are your kind of ideas about breeding those guys? Are you just going to kind of cool them down, send them down for brumation, or are we going to chuck them together and pray? I mean, what are we doing with that? Well, I, you know, from what I've read, and I, mm. you know, I'm not an expert, so everyone listening who wants to go breed them, don't listen to me. But okay. uh, you, you know, from what I read, if if you can cool them down to you know roughly sixty ish you know low 60s and then you know i have a heat source during the day um you know for the normal brumination time of you know a few months and then uh warm them back up you know that from what i understand that's generally what what people do but i you know i i'm not an expert and that that may not actually work so (laughs) but that's my, my basement i can get down to 60 degrees pretty easy and and uh you know that's that that's what I'm going to try. Awesome. Well, like I said, I I, I hope you have success with those guys. So <laughs> thanks. Uh, you know, and uh, the indigos, if you have success, just don't tell me because that'll just be torture. So <laughs> you know, I don't I don't want to know. But uh, they're still the the female that we have is a 2014. Okay. So it's going to be a, and then the the males actually we, well we have a 1.2 and we have a pair of 2016. So might be a few years down the road, but. Okay, good. So I got, I got time to uh, relocate to a, a, a Eastern Indigo friendly state. Okay. That's <laughs> yeah, that's right. You got to think ahead there. Yeah, I know. I really got to start planning. So <laughs> um, now normally what we do is at the, towards the end of the show, because we're kind of wrapping up here is uh, we have the final questions, which obviously you should know about this by this point, if you're listening to the show, um, so uh, we're going to jump into those now, which would basically be, uh, what will your next big reptile purchase be? Yeah, that's, <laughs> I, I mean, with me, it'll probably be a jungle, you know, the best jungle I can get, get my hands on. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think other people have some really nice pairings for for the next year. Um, and probably, probably one of those, I don't, you know, at, at this point, I don't really have my eyes on on a lot of the other stuff. I feel like I, you know, I've kind of found what I like, and you know, that's that's what I'm going to do in the near future. So, awesome. So, now the next one is if you could work with any species of reptile without limitations of legality or price, what would it be and why? Well, I, you know, I heard Ralph's, um, you know, I, I don't know how long, a month or two back, where he wanted a sea turtle, and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> because I, I think I think sea, sea turtles are, are uh, pretty cool. But, I, you know, I I like, you know, and, and, you know, this might sound a little counterintuitive, but I, I like the monitor lizards. Oh, okay. Um, I have a couple of dwarf Kimberleys, and... Um, I, you know, I kind of like to get, 
and maintain properly a, a, a large monitor lizard. Um, so, I mean, and, you know, the reason I don't is just, I, I you know, even the water monitors that, that mm. you know, are brought in, you can buy cheap, but I, I don't think, like, they're kept the way they, a lot of times they should be kept. And I think it'd be really cool to have a nice big, you know, sort of naturalistic monitor lizard cage with, with trees and, you know, a nice swimming area and, you know, a big aggressive monitor lizard that, that could inhabit it. And, and, uh, you know, I, maybe it's not that exotic or something like that, but I, no, you know, no, I, it's I, still pretty awesome. I mean, you know, it's, I, I have lizards that kind of chill out and it is kind of cool every once in a while catching this little miniature dinosaur, just kind of chilling on a branch. So, you know, it's cool. Yeah, I you know it's uh, do you, what what do you have any of the big monitors? Uh, I have Niles right now and oh, uh, okay. mangroves. So oh, yes. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> super cool. And uh, yeah. and the problem is that the Niles they're too smart for their own damn good. The one female I have has learned uh, that the door opens and she can sprint out of the cage. So she oh, and I gosh. are having some problems right now where it's like. <laughs> Here's your food, and then she's in my lap, and that's not okay. So um, we're, we're gonna have we're gonna have a heart to heart soon. So one of those things. But yeah, they're uh, you know my my friend breeds black throats and uh, ornates and you know white throats and all that other stuff. So it's really cool to kind of see his animals, and he's had croc monitors before. So uh, um, it's really cool to go play with them and stuff of like that. But I I do love the idea of that. Uh, I play with them. I you know get to do all that, and then I leave. And he has to do all the upkeep and the care um, for those big guys. So, but they're they're definitely impressive animals. So. Yeah, I would like to, you know, since we, there's no consideration of price, have you know three or four really nice cages, and then have someone else take care of them. There and you go. Can, <laughs> and, and then I, I, I can feed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, feed them and work with them, you know, on my own terms. But uh, anyway, that's awesome. Um, so now if you could travel anywhere in the world and go herping, where would you want to go and what would you be hoping to find? Well, I, you know, I thought about this question too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of them might be Martin Roseman's house. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or Chris Reynolds or, or David, you know, yeah. <laughs> some of, some of those guys have, or Paris, you know, really incredible yellow and black collections. And be fun to visit and see. But, in, in, you know, in reality, I think, you know, one place I would go, at least looking at pictures, is, you know, I like the the Kimberley region of, of Australia. I think, I think that would be super cool just because, yeah. you know, the broken landscape and the colors and the rocks and the dwarf monitors and the big monitors and, some of the blackheads and, and, you know, maybe if you go to the right spot and spend enough time, you could find a rough scale. And, you know, I, I know they're not exactly from Kimberly, but, um, close it up. I'd give it a try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, that, that's probably where I would, I would head if I, I could go anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, uh, and 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 you may have to go to uh, Andrew Paris's place uh, pretty fast because um, when we spoke to him at Tinley, he was 
starting to get the uh, IJ bug, so, you know, it's only a matter of time <laughs> before he completely gets rid of all his jungles and goes straight to those, you know, uh, the, 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 dark si- <laughs> the dark side. The dark side. The dark side, all right? We'll do that. Yeah, I... Those I, you lovely know, animals. Yeah. He, he seems to, I mean, at least through the Facebook stuff, he seems... I. I don't see him get, getting rid of the junk holes. But, He's hiding um, his shame. It's okay. We we know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But uh, so Scott, how would uh, how would people get in contact with you? You want to throw out your website, anything like that? Uh, if they want to kind of hunt you down for some really kick-ass jungles. Uh, you know, I just have a Facebook profile, uh, Scott Shangy. I don't you know exactly how to produce or pronounce that. Living in South Dakota, but. Um, uh, I, you know, I have a, uh, uh, a Facebook page that's not Zimmerman, it's, but I have all my snakes on it just, just to keep the snakes separated from my real life where a lot of people are offended by them. So, uh, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, you know, with, with my work and stuff, I can't have pages of snakes on my profile. So. Uh, so yeah, I mean, just go message me through that. I, you know, just a plug. I do have some some jungles still, and just coloring up, but they'll be available here in you know a few months. So, uh, awesome. so some babies. So cool. Awesome. Good. Awesome. I, um, I guess you know I really appreciate you having me. It was I, I think I had a lot of fun. So yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Great. I mean, we, we, I love and, getting back to the carpet shows like i said i didn't have anything <laughs> and then you mentioned karibo so you know that was we were having a good show where i wasn't tempted by anything and then here we are so <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see what i can do here oh yeah. god i hope so. yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome yeah please uh, <laughs> awesome anyway but uh yeah thanks for having me and i'll be in the future listening probably on an airplane somewhere almost half asleep but <laughs> you know, if, if, if you can kind of, when you get on those damn airplanes and you know those tiny seats, if you can kind of zone out and pretend you're not there, it, it really helps ease the ease yeah. the burden. I, guess, so. uh, I well, hear Rob that... can't fall asleep without listening to us, so you know when he's at home, <laughs> you know and that happens. Good night, Rob. <laughs> so yeah, that's, yeah, that's really how that goes, right? <laughs> awesome. Yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. And you know, when you uh, you know when you produce some more jungles, and you know you want to share some more, just give me a shout out. Come back on. We'll talk some more jungles. You know. So. Cool. Awesome Sounds stuff. good. Good. All right, man. Have a good well, take night. Take it easy. Thanks, guys. Have a nice yep, good night. Yep. Bye. All righty. All right. Just two shows left, Owen. So we did a light side show this week. I'm out. I'm out. I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm out. I don't want to be here for years. Is Rob coming on next week? Oh, I don't know. He might, maybe. No, right now it's uh, Tony and Terrell. Uh, oh, so Tony and Terrell and you, and you're all going to little geek out on your little... On IJs, stuff. yeah. So yeah. Owen won't be here next week. I'm leaving. Be... I'm out. He's leaving. I don't know. He's got some movies he's got to see or something. I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
that and it I was felt like, bad for him because he's complained about not seeing a movie I have for not the past six years I on a Tuesday. Friends give him free tickets. Listen, listen. <laughs> I feel bad. I complained. I complained once my Saturday night was constantly ruined by this show, and I figured right. after six years of not complaining. So uh, yeah, we're. Uh, I'm taking. I'm throwing you I'm, a bone. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm, I'm all right with this. I'm not. I'm not saying anything. So and you throw me a those, bone. I get to talk I about am. IJs. <laughs> you guys can talk about IJs without having to hear dead silence on my end of the phone. You know, it's fine. It's not the silence that bothers me. It's the, oh, my God. It's the groaning. Yeah, I understand. About <laughs> oh, my God. Yep. <laughs> it's, the, it's the groaning of the text of, really, really, we're doing this again? So, yeah. We're still exactly. talking about it. The color of the animal hasn't changed again. So, yeah, I, I yeah. got you. So, no, you're having your little IJ geek out, you know, and I'll run off and geek out on other stuff, and then we'll come back together for the holiday show. And yes. then, you know, we'll then we'll bug out for the uh, bug out for the season, and yep. uh, you know, the holiday show is going to be interesting to say the least, as yeah, it always we, is. We, we haven't done a uh, show with just you and me in a uh, couple weeks, couple months, God yeah, knows when. Months. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we'll have that. Ra- maybe that's why the ratings are so high. I don't know. Yeah, nobody wants. I, I say that. Like, I say it all the time. People are like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm rambling." No one wants to listen to us talk. They want to listen to the other people. So yeah. it's fine. ramble, ramble. Yeah, please, God, ramble. Two yeah. hours to fill. So, I got know. some. Uh, I got some topics that we can hit on in uh, in the uh, you know um, in the holiday show. And One. of course, we'll have the people call in, and you know, we if you call in and want to chill with us and talk some snakes, or you know, ask us some questions, or just heckle us, you know, uh, we'll throw out the number for you guys. And it's the holiday yeah. show, so we have the cool intro, and uh, you know, you and I will be drinking during, so it'll be fine. Yeah, it's always a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I let my guard down when I'm drinking some nice warm. Uh, Mad Elf beer and <laughs> oh, dude, I have the I have the Jack Daniels Winter Cider, which you're supposed to drink warm, and that will just, oh, nice. You you it's, you lose track of everything, and then you fall oh. down. So oh yeah, Still the delicious. secrets are coming out. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yep, yep. Cool deal. All right, well, yeah, next week we're gonna do an IJ show, so it should be fun. So if you're interested in that, um, you gotta you gotta something that you are particularly interested in hearing about when it comes to IJs. I figure we're going to hit on a little bit, uh, right. Some of the, uh, you know, famous, uh, animals, uh, maybe some of the, uh, ways of breeding, different looks, that kind of stuff. So if you're interested in a specific topic, just shoot me a message and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll add it to the list. But, mm. uh, I think between the three of us, we have some, uh, pretty cool IJ projects. So it should be a fun show. Yeah, I'll, um, I'll submit some questions just in case. <laughs> Easy, you. <laughs> you guys run out of topics. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, so uh, for us, MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, the email is info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. Uh, for myself, uh, EBMorelia.com. And my email is Eric at EBMorelia.com. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, we can do. You can go to rogue-reptiles.com. Check out all the stuff we got over there. The breeding diary is up. 
So we have all the pairs that we're going to be doing this year. Uh, so you can check all of them out and keep up to date on any pairs that you might be interested in. Uh, the animals for sale on the website is a little out of date pending a lot of sales that happened this weekend. So uh, that will be updated probably tomorrow. Uh, you can always go and check that out. Uh, the next show that I will have currently will be the February Hamburg show. I don't know if I'll have my own table or if I'll be bumming off of somebody else's table, but I'll be there. So uh, we have that, uh, and I might do a show in between then and there, but we'll let you guys know. Um, that's all we have for you guys today, and we'll catch you all back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.